When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When making the double chicken deluxe at Macca's, we wanted to improve on the perfect combo of tender Aussie chicken with cheese, tomato and aioli. So, we doubled it. Chicken and Macca's together and loving it. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Available after 10.30am for a limited time only. Besides the screen you spent most of your time staring at this week, chances are you are also captivated by a big screen video installation. From billboards to scoreboards, we inform and entertain audiences with our big screen solutions. Visit bigscreenvideo.com.au to see how BSV can bring your space to life. From seven down, the start of the day, to two putts for a second major. later after his win at Quail Hollow it's just in time again at the PGA Championship it was a bizarre day um, I definitely uh, crossed one off the list and I've never won a tournament shanking a ball on Sunday so uh, that was a first and man I would really like it to be a last but Bones did an unbelievable job of just keeping me in the moment today. We just tried to play the golf course for what it is, and this place is so tough. And, you know, I, it's funny. I was asked early in the week about what lead is safe, and I said no lead. I mean, this place is so tough, but if you hit the fairways, you can't make birdies. And I stayed so patient, and I, was, um, I just couldn't believe I found myself in a playoff. So that was Justin Thomas, now a two-time major winner. He goes to number five in the world. Uh, an extraordinary comeback. Seven shots back, as you heard in the commentary there. He had a 1.2% chance uh, of winning. It was 100 to 1 for him to be able to get a win, and especially after he bogeyed two out of the first six holes on the front nine, three and six. And he was helped a little bit by Mito Pereira, uh, who had the double bogey on 18th to fall out of the playoff. But you take the luck that you're given, and in a unique situation that the PGA Championship has, a three-hole playoff with Will Zalatoris, who isn't he building an impressive majors resume, um, he was able to get one shot uh, to his advantage and clinch his second major. Uh, when all things golf are uh, afoot, I turn to one man and one man only, the former world number 16, uh, one of our best ever, Nick Ahern, who's always so gracious with his time. Hello, Nick. Hey, Sam. Great to uh, great to chat again. Um, incredible performance, wasn't it? I mean, it's it's, it's not quite Faldo uh, v Norman at the Masters, given that he wasn't playing in the final group. He was actually seven shots back, not six, and... A hundred to one shot after bogeying the the third, and what a back nine performance, and and what a win. Yeah, and it just, I mean, it goes to show that you never know in majors, do you? So, um, I mean, the, his first two rounds were just absolutely outstanding. He actually had the worst end of the draw the first two days. He, I mm. think he had the uh, he had the late early, which was was probably the worst out of the draws, and. And he found himself up during, you know, up towards the leaders. And then Saturday, he let himself down a bit on the Saturday round, shooting four over par. Mm. But then, you know, he's seven back playing the last round. You had 
a little bit of inexperience at the top of the leaderboard, so to speak. So you never know what could happen because none of those top three or four players have won a major or, or won any big event, really, uh, in the US. And, you know, uh, obviously he needed a little bit of help to get in that playoff uh, with Pereira having the one-shot lead playing the last, makes the double, which is not hard to do on that hole. I've played that tournament before back in 2007 at the PGA, and it is a brutally tough golf course. So, And that finishing hole is one of the toughest out there. So uh, he got a little bit of luck to get in the playoff, but then, geez, he played nails in the playoff, two birdies and a par. The, the, the Pereira drive on 18, um, you've played and beaten the best in the world and, and you've experienced your own highs and lows in golf and we're, we're fresh off watching and I know he's it's the the name you do not you know the name Greg Norman's almost like Voldemort now for Harry Potter fans that we don't say it but we did watch the ESPN 30 for 30 with Greg and um and and to see how many times he had he snatched defeat from the jaws of victory and what it might have done mentally to him what how tough is this going to be from Mito. I mean, he turns for home and he's all he has to do is make par to, to clinch. Uh, and even bogey would have had him in a playoff, but a double yeah, bogey correct. after finding the water with the drive of trying to play a shot, a clever shot that he'd played the day before. How, mm. how concerned are you with what, with a young golfer, what, you know, demons may reside? Well, he's, he's really a rookie on tour. I mean, that's, that's the interesting thing. He's not, you know, like a, I guess you'd say Greg Norman, who's been out there for many, many years when, when he was sort of struggling to close some tournaments out. So I, I think he, he'll be fine. I mean, he, he, he fronted the press straight away and gave honest answers and all that sort of thing. He, I think he hit the shot, he, as in the club selection off 18 was good. You know, it was like a low left to right fade for him with the driver. The thing about it was he, he'd driven the ball pretty ordinary all day. He hadn't played mm. a very good round of golf up until that point. And really his putter had kept him in the round. So to be... To, for the way he was playing, to actually have a one-shot lead on the last was just an incredible effort. But then you come to one of the hardest holes on the golf course where you have to hit the drive up the left side with a bit of a fade. I love the club selection, but obviously the execution just wasn't up to scratch. And uh, he got a little bit of quick on it, got ahead of it, and squeezed it right. And then as soon as he hit it right there with any, any sort of penetration, it's going to find the creek. And then he was just trying to make the playoff from there, but it was just such a hard second shot up that hill. And then and then he ran it across the green, obviously. So uh, he'll learn from it. Um, you know, he had a lot of support after the round from Joachim Neiman, some of his, you know, Chilean uh, fellow pros and all that sort of thing. And, and I'm sure they'll console him. But I, I think he'll come back a better golfer. And give, given that he's so young, he, with that sort of scar tissue, I don't think will last very long. And he'll, uh, I think you're going to see him up there in, in years to come because he's such a talented golfer. It's a great point you make about we're all going to focus on 18, but you've got to go and look a bit deeper and scratch below the surface. And, you know, 68 in the first round, the 64 in, in the second really did set him up, uh, that, that six under day. Mm. But even if you look at, he had a one under day in the third round and on that day um, had four bogeys. And in the round, even before he had the double, he'd registered five bogeys. So I think you're 100% right. The damage was done a lot mm. earlier than 18 and and that was the thing about what you know the debate in the norman um documentary the 30 for 30 is did he have was it miracle shots that stole tournaments away or did he put himself in a position after having big leads to allow the miracle shot to beat him and <laughs> this is a similar sort of situation that, that he got himself in a position where you know one double bogey in a round may not kill you but if it's on the back of five other bogeys then yeah it's it's gonna hurt 
Oh yeah, and and he wasn't playing that well. And yeah, you point to the Norman thing. Yeah, he shot forty, I think, on a, on the back nine a couple of those times when those miracle shots got him. So if he shoots par or one or two over, he, he wins those majors. So mm. and Pereira will look back and think, well, you know, I didn't have my best stuff today. Uh, his putter kept him in it. He get he made some really clutch par putts to to keep the round going. He's three over playing the last round, not playing that well in a major with the lead. I mean, he's going to take a lot away from this, I think, and. And he'll come back a uh, bigger, better and stronger player. And I'm sure he'll go on a bit of a run. Now, in the short term, it, does it hurt? Absolutely. He's obviously having a pretty rough night and he's going to have a few sleep, sleepless nights, I'm sure. But when he looks back, he'll go, you know what? I I played some pretty amazing golf and I didn't actually have my best stuff and I had a chance to win a major. So that's a pretty cool thing. So if he looks at it in that mindset, I think he'll be much better player for it in the long run. Now, if he looks at it and goes, oh, geez, I can't close out tournaments. I've got issues. Well, then that may be another story. <laughs> yeah, and, and on the flip side of that, golf. There's no more sport. There's there's no other sport that shows you sliding doors moments over and over again like golf does. It, it it opens itself up to more of these kind of moments than any other. You know, when you look at on eighteen, Zalatoris um, and Thomas had to make difficult par putts to to just save mm. par after they'd birdied seventeen. So you know, a little bit either way, and the situation's very different for them as well, but that's the beauty of the game. Um, Zalatoris is, uh, since he's turned pro in 2018, the guy's played seven majors and top 10 in five of them. This guy mm. is building a really, really similar to what Cam Smith's been doing over the last few years, is his consistency in the biggest tournaments. I know he hasn't won one yet, but a couple of seconds, one at the Masters, and now another one here. He's incredibly impressive. He is, yeah. He's got the game for the big stage. His ball striking is some of the best on tour from tee to green. You know, he, he's very much into this statistical platform called Decade Golf, where uh, you play to certain points in the golf course. It's almost like a bit of a chess match out there, and he's not really aiming at a lot of pins. He's aiming away from pins so to speak, and and then just giving himself as many opportunities for birdie as possible. And the thing about majors is par golf is good. I mean, regular tour events, yes, you need to shoot 15 or 20 under, but in majors, if you shoot a few under or five under, in this case for the four rounds, you're going to be up there. And, mm. and I think the tournaments he's played really well in, he's just been very, uh, I guess, surgical from tee to green. Um, he had a couple of patches throughout the four days where he didn't hit the ball that well like yesterday he struggled a little bit but the interesting thing about him is he's he's not really renowned as a very good putter um he actually did putt quite well this week he's got that claw grip um and if you watch some of the close-ups of his stroke it's a bit of a bit of a figure eight and a circular motion at times so uh he obviously needs to work on that putting action and, and that stroke to to maintain it, but he did putt pretty well, and that up and down on the last was just uh, very, very impressive. And it just impressive, and it just goes to show that in those big key moments, he he does not back away. He he sort of rises to the occasion, and 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 such a young player, that's a very impressive attribute. Speaking of Nick Ahern on the Sporting Capital after the PGA Championship today, uh, Justin Thomas winning his second major now, number five in the world. He's been in, ensconced in the top ten for a long time now. Um, I want to talk to you about uh, the Aussies. So uh, tied for 13th was Cam Smith and Bendigo boy Lucas Herbert. Um, Lucas Herbert is is a fascinating one. Had a horror back nine with three bogeys and a double bogey. Um, Had got himself to three under. Um, 
ended up finishing even in a tie for 13th, which is a great effort. But when you look at what might have been without maybe that implosion, he's a young player, 26 years of age. Um, he would have been um, right up in the top 10 um, with, a, with a, a top five finish more than likely. So there's a lot of positives for him to take out of um, his major. And he did some good things at the Masters as well. But this was a, a really impressive performance. Yeah, he loves the big stage as well. You know, he doesn't back away. And, and Lucas is an interesting character on the golf course. You know, when he's playing well, uh, he, he's, he's up there and he, and he has that, always has that chance to win. But, you know, when things go a little pear-shaped, it can obviously go pretty much sideways on him. So don't look to him to be a, a consistent golfer. He either plays really well or he may miss the cup by quite a few. But when he's on, he's on. And it's a fantastic thing to watch probably. I think today on that back nine, you saw a bit of everything. We got a few bogeys, a double, but he finished birdie birdie, which was a mm. great, great yeah. way to finish after you know struggling so much. I think he got to three under par at one point for the tournament, which probably at the time when he was three under for the tournament might have been about four or five shots out of the lead. So, uh, you know, when you look back now, it was only two shots out of the winning score. But at the time, he may have been may have been a bit further back, so he may have been trying to press even more to try and get a couple more under par, but. Uh, you know, you learn, you learn from these things, and he's definitely a star of the future. And and Cam Smith, you know, what a what a player yeah. he is at the moment. Obviously, with a, another amazing effort at the Masters, and and this course, I think, set up pretty well for him with the shaved edges, the shaved shaved around the greens. But surprisingly, the thing that let him down this week was his biggest strength. Normally, was his putting um, because the greens were probably a little slower than they normally are. He just struggled a little bit on the with the flat stick, which is very unusual for him, but still another outstanding performance. Well, you you always got uh, a, such a fantastic view uh, on the game and 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 such a good coach uh, of the game as well. I was just wondering, Nick Ahern, is there a, a book that maybe Cam Smith <laughs> might uh, might benefit in reading that might have just recently come out from a guy that you know maybe the only player in the world to have ever beaten Tiger Woods twice in match play golf? Is there a book that might exist written by <laughs> said person for said person? Oh, there might be. There might be. Yeah, no, you're right. It, it came out a couple of weeks ago. I've got a new book out called How to Play Your Best Golf, which, uh, which in a nutshell, I guess, to explain the best you know, way to talk about the book, it's everything you learn, everything you can learn that not on a driving range, so to speak. It's really how to play the golf course and, and how to uh, work your way around the course in the least amount of strokes possible for the individual. Now, everyone has their own style, their own swing, their own putting strokes. I'm not really telling people how to swing the club or putt or anything like that. It's more more about how to play your best golf and, and, and what you can do there. You know, like hitting, playing when it's windy or how to read greens and how to hit shots off slope lies, that sort of thing. All those nuances of the game that you don't really learn on a driving range, so to speak. So I'm excited about the book coming out. Yeah, it's been about, about two weeks in pretty much every bookstore in Australia now, I would imagine. So we'll, uh, if you're out there and you love your golf and love reading about it, well, yeah, pop into your bookstore and, and grab a copy and uh, hopefully you'll learn a, a thing or two. Well, that, that just seems fascinating. I mean, that, that is, it's that idea that you might know what your swing is and, and what it isn't, but, but those, those moments that come up on every hole just about where, you know, you don't have possibly the, the best position for your feet or the best position for the lie, or is it upslope, is it downslope? And does, does the book deal with, the, the, I suppose, the mental side and the mental application to the game as well, Nick? Yeah, it does. It uh, follows on, I guess, I wrote another book about six or seven years, which was more about the mental side of the game. This one still has the mental element, but there's a lot more strategy involved, uh, course management, uh, plenty of short game because, you know, that's the short clubs. That's where you're going to score the most, quite a bit on the putting and chipping and 
bunker play and wedges and things like that. So it's really based around how to get the most out of your game and how to score the best possible way that you can. Because at the end of the day, what you're trying to do when you're out in the golf course is write down the lowest score possible. So uh, you don't want to draw pictures in how you do it. It doesn't really matter. It's just more about (laughs) how low you can go out in the golf course. And a lot of that is to do with the mental element as well. And Talk a bit about pre-shot routines. And and there's plenty of examples in the book um, told through you know, stories of players and like Jordan Spieth winning the British Open and uh, Zach Johnson winning the Masters and various things like that, how, how you can sort of learn for those, from those players and those examples and, and how you can incorporate it into your own game. How to play your best golf, available in all good bookstores and even some that might not be as good. They're even better now because they have this book in them. Hey, Nick, thanks so much for giving me some time tonight. You're always so generous with it. Uh, Looking forward to getting a look at the book and hoping to implement uh, all those suggestions. Good luck with it and we'll chat to you again soon. All right. Thanks, Sam. Thanks for having me on. Cheers.